Welcome to the Career Solutions Podcast. With more than 25 years' experience in career coaching via her own company, managing and leading teams in major corporations, host Marilyn Feldstein will share her experiences, tips, tools, resources, and success stories to inspire you to find the purpose and passion in your career. Welcome to the Career Solutions Podcast. I'm excited to not only welcome you, but also my guest, Isabel Ballatin. Isabel is a friend, colleague, and former client who created her dream position 14 years ago. And I want you to hear her story and how we worked together to create a perfect career for her. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, dare to live the life you have dreamed for yourself. Go forward and make your dreams come true. In my first podcast, I discussed how you can create your dream position or career by determining your values, transferable skills, interests, and passions. Isabel and I have both identified our dream careers and created them from scratch. Let me tell you how I got to know Isabel and developed our friendship and business relationship. She was the executive director at a synagogue, and I was a manager at AT AT&T American TransTech. As I mentioned in my last podcast, I knew the importance of building career relationships. I wanted to be a part of a women's networking group, but I only knew of one at the time, and you had to be an executive to be invited. So I decided I would start my own and spoke with Isabel because she knew a lot of people in the community. We collaborated by inviting some of the women she knew, and I invited some of my friends and colleagues. We shared stories and experiences with about 30 women in the community that helped us learn more about each other and how we could leverage our skills and experiences to support one another as managers and leaders in our organizations. It was an amazing monthly experience that lasted 20 years. Then, when Isabel transitioned from her leadership roles, she reached out to me when she was ready to make a career change. So let's learn more about her. Isabel, let's start by explaining what you do and how you came up with the idea for your dream position. Well, after 23 years in synagogue administration, I decided that it was time to create a dream job for myself. For a couple of years, I went back and forth. I did. I sold watches. I sold creams. I continued to volunteer. I just had to be out there. So I knew what I needed to do was something that would make a difference in our community. And one thing I realized during my work life was that a lot of new people moved to Jacksonville. And for many people, it was culture shock because I moved here 40 years ago and I moved from the Northeast And moving to the South was really culture shock for me. So I realized everybody else that's moving here has got to be dealing with all kinds of things. So I thought that since some of the things that I enjoyed most in my career were connecting people, public relations, more of the soft skills, managing people, programming, I really enjoyed that the most, and I try to figure how can I combine my love of people, 
my creative skills and how could I make a difference in the community? So I remember, Isabel, that you you came to me and you knew what I was doing because I had transitioned and was now doing career coaching. So I had left my career as a manager in the corporate world. And you were telling me some of your ideas. So we started with doing career assessments to really pull out, draw out those strengths, like your writing skills, your public speaking. I mean, she is a natural connector. And we said, how can we use what your natural talents, skills, and abilities are to do something that was fun? And, and you also wanted to not work as hard. Talk a little bit about that. Well, it, to, when, you have, when you're in management, you work many hours. And the kind of work I did, I was even working weekends. I had meetings at night. And I just didn't want to do that. I was at a point in my life where I really wanted to do some more traveling. I wanted to spend more time with my children. Then I had grandchildren. So there were a lot of other things that I wanted to do. But I still wanted to keep my finger in the pot because it was something I loved. And um, after meeting with Marilyn, we kind of decided, she said to me very wisely, look at your resume, look at the things that you enjoy doing, and see how you can utilize that as you move forward. And I remember, I'll never forget, because we were actually at an arts festival, and she came up to me and she said, you know, I've been thinking about what we've talked about, and let me tell you what I want to do. Do you remember that? I do. And she said, I really want to create this welcome wagon. So talk more about how that, when you think about what you knew about yourself and, and the other factors that contributed to your success. So, I mean, and what she'd created was something that absolutely was needed but did not exist in the community. So talk more right. about that. So since I knew the community so well and I knew some of the issues that newcomers had, and I also was very sensitive to interfaith families because there were many interfaith families in the community and I wanted them to feel welcome. So I did a lot of research on the internet. I looked up interfaith families. I looked up outreach programs. I looked up welcome wagons throughout the United States. And I studied what they did. And I got, became very familiar with the Jewish Outreach Institute, which is no longer in existence, but I think it may be going by another name. But they did many programs, and their theory was to do things in public spaces because people are more comfortable going to a public space, especially if they're new in a community. And for people, Jewish people who do not know or not familiar with a synagogue, they don't know the decorum, what to do when you walk in. They, may, they just may be uncomfortable. So I said, you know, I'm going to do it in public spaces. I'll be as creative as I can, but I need to find a home. So that was the issue. Where could I get an office? I didn't want to go to the synagogues. I didn't want to be affiliated with the synagogues. I wanted more of an umbrella organization. So I would have more credibility to the entire community. 
So I spoke to people in the community that I knew that were pretty influential, who had their, you know, their their hand on the pulse. And I said, well, what do you think about a Jewish welcome wagon? Do you think we need it? And do you think I'd be the person for it? And they said, absolutely, we need it desperately. And at that point, Jacksonville was really growing, and people were moving here left and right, but who was here to greet them? The individual synagogues, individual organizations greeted them, but there was nobody there really to take them by the hand and answer all their questions and have a more personal relationship with them. So you've been doing this for 14 years. Um, Talk about some of the creative programming that you created that um, was something of interest for you that you knew would be of interest to newcomers. Well, I talked about um, the theory of public spaces. So I looked around at our community. Where could I possibly hold events that would hold a decent crowd. And I came up with with a variety of things. It's really interesting if you kind of stretch your creativity a little bit and you approach the businesses from the standpoint that, you know, this gets people walking in your door. And, it, you know, really it's a win-win. So the first thing I did was Hanukkah at Barn, Hanukkah Storytime at uh, Barnes and Noble, and I invited a variety of people from all that had representation from all the synagogues and the schools, and we had we would sit in the little children's book corner, and we did Hanukkah stories, and sometimes we did puppet shows and a variety of things, and the stores loved it. In fact, after a while, Barnes and Noble started making posters for me. And post it and put them on their window. And I thought, wow, this is really great. I did honey tasting at Native Sun. We did a trip to the farmer's market. We have a holiday called Sukkot, and it's a holiday of harvest. So we went there and bought our fruits and vegetables to decorate the sukkahs. And, um, We've just done a lot of things. We took the boat ride up Amelia Island cruise, and we did the Jewish history of Amelia Island. We've done Passover in the Matzah Isles, which was a a program of the Jewish Outreach Institute. We would stand, uh, we had a table at Winn-Dixie, and we would give out Passover information, holiday information, recipes, and a variety of things. In fact, after a while, the store was depending on us. They would call us, are you coming here for Passover? Because we would help people find the foods that they needed mm-hmm. because we became so familiar. So we were out there in the community. We drew a lot of people in because it was in public spaces and... Um, I think that's part of the success. So one of the things you haven't talked about yet, and I wanted to help my listeners think about when you're thinking about creating a new position. So how do you, so she hasn't mentioned yet that we created this idea and program and she went to the executive director 
to promote this idea and create this position and then also had to get funding for that. So can you talk a little bit about that? Well, by the time I had approached the Federation, they had already um, voted for their budget for the year. So what the executive director offered me, he says, we will give you all the administrative help you need. We will give you an office. We will help you with your flyers. We will do everything. But you're going to have to find a donor to underwrite the program because this year's budget doesn't have any room for that. So knowing as many people as I did in the community, I approached some people and I managed to have the program underwritten by some donors in the community. And they did it for a while. Uh, After a while, actually, Blue Cross Blue Shield did it for a couple of years. And right after that, the Federation just said, okay, we're, you know, we're going to take it on as a an ongoing program. And what's amazing about this, this new position that she created, so it didn't exist, there was a need, she found a way to create it so that it would not only attract people in the community, but get the attention of donors, as well as somebody to sponsor it, and to host it. I remember having a conversation with you about how important it is to keep track of your accomplishments to show the value that you've added. It's important for anybody, whether you're in a for-profit or a nonprofit. but I think even more so in a situation like Isabel was in because she was working part-time. She wasn't looking for a full-time position, but she was getting a salary. So they were paying her and that had to be funded by somebody. So in order to get funding each year, the organization would look at that and say, is this worth it uh, for us to continue it? So do you have any comments on how you want to, how you handled keeping track of accomplishments and sharing that with the executive director or the leadership team? Well, what I did, I always took attendance at all my events. And we would keep track, actually. There were regulars that came to the events. They'd be there over and over again. But then we had what you call unique noses. We had new people that came to the events. And that was the key because that's who I was looking for. I was looking for the new people that came because many of them not only were new to Jacksonville, but they were new to the Federation. They weren't even on their mailing list. So that brought a lot of value uh, to the Federation. And actually, when we did the attendance list and added up the donations made by the people on the attendance list, and it started really adding up to a lot of money, they were saying, wow, there's a lot of value in this program, even though some people would think, well, it's just a little program, it's it's something she came up with. But really, there was a lot of value because when you have a mailing list, everything you do is dependent on that mailing list. And the more people you add to it, the more 
chance you have of having a donor, a volunteer, someone that feels connected to the community, someone that will give not only their talents, but their treasure. So it's incredible how important names are in a business that I was in. What I love about that um, is that, so yes, keeping track of, okay, how many people show up. And then that other piece that is even more important. It's not just, okay, who's in the seat, but then being able to look at, okay, these are newcomers who have added contributions, who've given donations, and maybe year over year that didn't exist before. So absolutely, that is incredible value. So that was, that's great that you did that. Well, it's interesting because Federation just hired a wonderful marketing person. And when she introduced herself, she says, if it wasn't for Isabel, I wouldn't have gotten involved in the Jewish community because I welcomed her probably six or seven years ago. And I made her feel so welcome that she felt like she wanted to give back to the community. So people come up to me all the time. They say, Isabel, do you remember you matched me up with so-and-so and we're still friends. We go to the weddings, the bar mitzvahs, the baby namings. You know, I don't even remember because I have dealt with hundreds and hundreds of people. Yeah, that's what's great about that is, so I talked about the tangible benefits, but there are always intangible benefits. So to have to be able to welcome people and then they get involved and they volunteer and then be, they get a new position, you can't put a dollar sign on that. That is an intangible benefit. So that's another accomplishment. I'm sure you have many. If you had to do it over again, when you think back of what you know when you started 14 years ago, is there anything you would do differently? No, I really think... I really think that I did it the way I wanted to do it. And I was very fortunate because I was in an organization that allowed me to grow the program. And I had a community that was very receptive because people bought in to the importance of welcoming and what fits so well with you when you think about your skills, going back to your transferable skills and your interests and your passions, you were able to write. She wrote articles monthly about not only the upcoming event, but then after the event and posted photos and on Facebook and, and when print. So she got to use those natural skills. Plus, she's a natural public speaker. You used your research skills your leadership skills, when you think about creating your dream, so you want to go back and say, if I could connect the dots of all the things I love and tie it into your passions and your interests, does it feel like work? It, it never felt like work. But I want to say that it's very important to volunteer. And if you're looking for a job, and you can't seem to find one, then find a volunteer position where you can use your skills, where other people can see what you can do. And it's interesting how you can 
apply a business model to some of the skills that you have. And that's how I really, I, when I moved to Jacksonville, my first volunteer job was a Girl Scout leader. And after that, I just kept volunteering for this, that, and the other thing. And I was actually honing my skills because I was getting to know the community. I was getting to know the facilities and the businesses that I could use in the future. So by the time I took the position at the Federation, I really knew the community. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, And you're absolutely right about volunteering, and I highly recommend that. I've mentioned that in some of my podcasts, that volunteering, getting on committees, you get to connect with people, especially volunteer for an organization that you care about that you have an interest in because whatever you're doing is going to tie into that you see that you've contributed in a positive way. And I would recommend when you talk about volunteering, offer to volunteer using some of your skills. So you may be really surprised that somebody sees that you're very good at creating budgets, for example, or you're very good at programming And then somebody in their organization leaves, but they see you and they saw how talented you were and how effective you were, and you get offered the position. That happens a lot. Well, you know, we've always talked about networking, Marilyn. We, that's always been the key to knowing as many people as possible. And it was interesting when I first started, I I went up to people and said, what do you think? Do you think this is a good idea? You think I'm the right one? to do it. And, you know, I got so many positive remarks. But of course, it was a job too that, that was complementary to my values. Absolutely. And I was able to grow the Jewish community. But at the same time, I was able to feel this wonderful feeling of accomplishment about doing something that was meaningful. And it wasn't all about how much I was making. Absolutely. So what advice can you give to others who want to create a new position that doesn't exist? Well, what I did in the early stages was I created a timeline for myself. And I decided every day, for whatever period of time you want to use, every day I did something that would bring me closer to my goal. And it could be a phone call. It could be reading a magazine article or a book, listening to a podcast or anything, just anything that would bring me to where I wanted to be. And I used everybody I knew. I used all my knowledge. And I just brought it all together. So when we were talking before, I remember you saying, and when you think about everything you've done, you want to be clear on the direction you're going. And as you just mentioned, be relentless. Come up with a plan. And I always say, don't make yourself crazy, but I agree with you. Every day, do one thing at a minimum. You can do more than one to get you one step closer. And what's so wonderful about the journey is 
You don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know with that phone call what new door will open that then gets you connected to somebody else that leads to this dream opportunity. Well, you do. You have to push yourself out of your comfort zone because if you really want something, you have to pursue it and not let anything get in the way. And I found an interesting thing that I did, and I believe in the law of attraction. And I would picture myself in that position. What, what did it look like in my mind's eye? And actually, I, I think I looked into the future. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, that's that's a wonderful, wonderful um, process too. If you can imagine yourself in that position, you will attain it. So knowing the direction, being able to visualize that, that's why you've heard of vision boards. Vision boards and they're wonderful. You can use you can do digital vision boards now to be able to create that vision that you can look at it every day. And you're right, looking into the future, where do you want to go next? Yeah. And never give up. Never give up. And don't, and you'll, listen, you will meet people that will be a little discouraging, but you just set your sights on your goal and you just move forward. And you know, if you follow your bliss, your passion, your love of something, it's the right thing to do. And when you're doing it, you just know it. It seems like everything just falls into place. You're, you're absolutely right. It's an incredible feeling. Isabel, thank you so much for sharing your story today and for helping other people learn more about how you can take your skills, your interests, and your passions to contribute something that has a positive impact in the community, and it's a win-win for you. What I love about Isabel's story is that her dream position mirrors how I created my calling. Her position did not exist, yet she took the time to determine her transferable skills, interests, and passions, and created a career that helped her balance work and family while contributing to her success. It was important for her to make a difference in the community, and her legacy will live on with those she has impacted. You can do this too. If you want to learn more, then listen to my first few podcasts to determine if you're ready to make a career or position change. Then go forward and make your dreams come true. Please share my podcast with your friends and family. You can also hear me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and other major podcast directories. Please subscribe to my podcast and join me next time when I'll be talking with Candace Moody about the gig economy and how you can create your very own gig. Visit my website at careerchoicesunlimited.com and ask me a question or inquire about my coaching services by completing the contact form. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know that you heard my podcast. Thank you for listening. <music>